Welcome to the Ministry Collaborative Podcast. An ongoing conversation with ministry leaders about embracing complexity and uncertainty with joy and faithfulness. Hey, this is Amy Valdez Barker with the Ministry Collaborative, and I am here today with my good friend, Shannon Carafonda. Shannon Carafonda is a minister at Cartersville at Trinity United Methodist Church there, and she started this sort of unique way of getting people outside the church and into the world called Holy Mischief. And I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself, Shannon, and about how Holy Mischief even got started. Okay. And what is it? Yeah. Everybody asks that when they hear that term, they want to know more. It's intriguing and it's exciting. And yet it really is a simple way to express love in the world. I usually introduce myself as a renegade pastor and a professional holy mischief maker. And when they hear that, they want to know more. The idea actually started a long time ago when I was starting a new church with a friend of mine and he wanted to do servant evangelism where it was a way to think about hospitality out in the world in everyday life with what you did. And he said that every month he wanted all of the small groups of the church to get together to go out and do acts of kindness. And the name became A-OKs because when you did an act of kindness, everything was a-okay and we got excited about it we did things like passing out water on a hot day or when the gas prices spiked up we went and did a gas buy down at the local convenience store we would do things like plant bulbs in people's yards things that were truly acts of kindness well my friend alan passed away suddenly before we could even launch that church so all of our preview work had been done but we were devastated because we did not know how this church was going to continue and what it was going to look like but when we really leaned into those aok projects we truly found that we became alive again and we're excited again and it was a way to continue his memory that church ended up merging with another one i ended up leaving and going elsewhere but the idea of AOKs stayed with me. And one day there was someone in our annual conference in the United Methodist Church that said, hey, I'm trying to get the mischief makers of the conference together. And I said, ooh, that's me. And so the term holy mischief started sticking with me and it really became a way for me to continue doing these AOK projects and to gather other people who were interested because the term mischief sounds fun and exciting and do things that were kind and loving in the community because of our love for God and God's love for us. I love that. I mean, the whole idea of doing sort of mischief in the community for the love of God is such an exciting way. And even when you started this, I mean, it was so neat, the small things that you guys all were doing and the difference that it was making in people's lives. Can you tell us a couple stories about when it started and what some of the exciting things were that started happening and how people's lives got changed? Absolutely. At first, it started very organically. I would do something, I'd post it, say, holy mischief. Someone else would do something, they would post on social media, they would say, holy mischief. But I really started to organize it 
in Lent of 2020. I put together 40 acts of kindness for us to do, put scripture with it, said, go out and do this, tell the stories, share the stories with me. Well, we all know in 2020, in March, which was in the middle of Lent, the world shut down. And I thought, oh, there goes my Lenten project. It's not going to work. Oh, no. But then I realized people were looking for ways to connect out in the world. And there were so many of the little holy mischief acts that you could do from a social distance. So people started inviting their friends to, hey, why don't you go do this? I'm doing this for Lent and it's really bringing me some joy. So the group exploded. We had a Facebook group at the time that really started during that Lenten season and people started inviting their friends and inviting their friends. And all of a sudden we have over a thousand people in this Facebook group doing acts of kindness in the world. We've got people in Australia that are doing acts of kindness. But I knew that something was catching on when someone asked to join the group and then sent me a private message and said, I lost my baby Bajoran baby carrier. You know, those carriers where you like strap it on like a front backpack and put your baby in there and can walk around hands-free. And she said, this is my third child and my other two are really young so i have to have hands free in order to corral these three young children and i posted on my personal page that i had lost it and if anyone sees it that it's really expensive and i'm kind of lost without it and she said the next day one shows up at her house with a note saying hey i'm part of this group called holy mischief i know that it's really hard to do without the things that you care about so I just want to let you know that this is a gift and that you are loved. And she said, I had been thinking that morning that I had lost faith in humanity and it was restored when that came in the mail. At that moment, I went, that's why we do this. That's why we do this. Wow. That is amazing to know that people are just out there doing that because they love one another. Yeah. So how have you sort of bridged this between the church and the world? I know that that's part of your calling as you think about, you know, the people in the church, but even the people beyond the church who have sort of caught on to this holy mischief making. Yeah. So it's interesting to think about this with a theological perspective, because our faith really is a lived faith. We are an embodied faith. So we need to be doing things that express our love. So it is a way to physically think about using the person I am created to be to do something for someone else. So it's also sort of a flipped classroom method, right? If you think about a flipped classroom, you have the students come in and they work their problems in the classroom because that's how they learn. And then they do the video lectures at home. And so this is sort of, hey, go out in the world and do something nice. And when you come back into church, We'll share this gospel story that shows you why that's important and help you make meaning of it. So that's been really fun to sort of look at how that works theologically. But what has really surprised me and empowered me even more is the science around generosity, the science of altruism, and how our brain makes these connections with other people because of these acts of kindness and how it helps our anxiety and depression to lessen and how it really builds us up and we're actually happier, healthier people because we're doing for someone else. And every time we do that, the other person is happier and healthier. And when we retell the stories, 
that people listening to the stories become happier and healthier. This is what is known as good news, and this is the gospel message scientifically working in our lives, which I love. Well, and that's the realm of positive psychology that has sort of been rising and this understanding of, hey, actually, if we do keep leaning into the goodness that is sort of part of who we are and what we're supposed to be about, we all benefit. Yeah, it's amazing to see some of that science in different categories of academia coming together and go, wait, there's something to this in both of our professions, which I love. Yeah. Yeah, the Holy Spirit's mischievous uh, actions in the world, right? Right. So when you keep thinking about what you're doing, and I know you're in a new location now, what's that going to be like as you sort of introduce Holy Mischief to this new community? And what are you hoping for? Right. So I was really cautious at first because I don't want to assume that people are interested in holy mischief. I don't want to push it on anyone because then it's not holy mischief. So when I first got here, people started talking about it. And one of the leaders in the church sent me a mock-up for what might be an interesting billboard for us to have. And it said, holy mischief on it. And I said, okay, as much as I love that, I'm not assuming that this is going to be this church's thing. And he said, well, I appreciate that but we're very excited about it. And I think it's something that will help us. And I said, okay, then I'm all in. So we've got a sermon series planned in a few weeks and we're going to be doing acts of holy mischief in each worship service. So we're gonna bring in one of the local veterinarians. Veterinarians have a very high rate of depression because they have to work with animals in ways that is not necessarily the joy that brought them to this profession. And so we're going to be honoring one of them in the worship service. And then later on that day, going to do a blessing of the animals outside in the community. So I'm excited about that. But there's some other things I think that we're going to be able to do partnering with local schools and doing that in a church perspective, as well as encouraging individual acts of kindness as well. Wow, I had never heard about that in veterinarians because so many people love their pets. And what a great way of sort of taking the blessing of the pets to another level, yeah, right? Yeah. So Shannon, can you tell us a little bit more about the contextual nature of holy mischief? So more than just as a movement, but as individual acts of holy mischief, it's important to know who you are doing holy mischief for. Something that could be holy mischief for one person might actually do harm to somebody else. So hugging someone could bring great joy, but for someone else that feels like it's crossing a boundary that is not helpful and not a disruption that would bring joy and grace to someone. So knowing your audience, being self-aware of who you are as well as the other person, and knowing that you don't know everything, it's okay to make mistakes, have grace, but continue to move forward. So what are some other things that you're hopeful for as you keep I mean, if you were to think about, like, how do you want to multiply this? or Because I remember you talking about this as a movement. Yeah. How do you see it moving forward? And where is God in putting the vision for this holy mischief work for the future? Yeah. So I'd like to say I've got my business plan ready, and I've got five points of the next steps that I'm going to be doing. But every time I try to do something like that, God laughs at me and says, no, that's not how I work. So I am intentional about planning because I know the Holy Spirit appreciates good planning, but I also know the Holy Spirit sometimes laughs at my plan. 
plans. So I've got this sermon series coming up. I'd like to see where it catches and where it sticks with this group of people and in this community, because ministry is contextual. And if I were to put everything out there for the next five years that we're doing, it would not be realistic. So I will evaluate after the sermon series and see what will work well here and keep going with that. So on your Holy Mischief Facebook page, there's a lot of ministry leaders who are part of this. How have you seen them taking this idea, this sort of seed and multiplying it in their places? Yeah, so a lot of people have picked it up to do a sermon series as well, or they'll do it during Lent or during Advent. What I have really found life-giving are the pastor's we're in a time when there's a lot of tension and there are some divisive things going on in churches and denominations and some of the pastors who pick it up and say, you know what, I'm having to deal with X, Y, and Z, but for me to do one act of holy mischief has brought joy back into my ministry. And when I hear that, I don't hear it a ton, but when I do, I just think, wow, this really has something for everyone. Can you give an example? Off the top of my head, I remember when a friend of mine, instead of doing the traditional Fat Tuesday or Mardi Gras pancake dinner or whatever it is that you do before Ash Wednesday starts, she took a group of her leadership out to a local restaurant for pancakes and told them about holy mischief. And one of the leaders at the table invited the waitress over to pray for her. And they tipped, I think, like a 100% tip for that meal. And for this pastor to look at that and see that generosity immediately in action really made her see her church in a different light, which she needed at that moment. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Shannon. If you did have a room full of a thousand clergy, what would you say to them to give them sort of that hope and that joy that holy mischief has given you? Oh, wow. I would probably just tell the story again about how it started and the experiences I've had and how it keeps giving life to me and to others. And it keeps being exciting and there's fun to be had in ministry. And if we lose sight of that, then it's not going to be fun for other people as well. Jesus had hard lessons, but Jesus also brought the joy and the Holy Spirit. One of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. And we should remember that. So is there anything else that you want them to know about holy mischief as we're wrapping up? What's the word of hope? So a lot of people will ask me, well, hey, you know, I sent my friend this book. Is that holy mischief? Does that count? And I have to remind people, nobody's counting. If you think it's holy mischief, it probably is. Holy mischief is a disruption in the pattern of life. So if you are someone that continuously writes notes to people, writing a note is not necessarily holy mischief for you. People expect that. But if you're not someone that bakes and you bake a pie for your neighbor, well, that's a disruption not only in your life, but probably in theirs too. Holy mischief is contextual and intentional. And I think it is something that nobody's necessarily counting what happens, but what happens counts a lot. 
Nice. Nice. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for your time, Shannon, and for the ways in which you've inspired and encouraged me and been a, what is it you're called? The queen, holy mischief maker or something? Oh, the high priestess of holy mischief. There are <laughs> lots of titles and I affirm all of them. <laughs> the high priestess of holy mischief. Thanks again, Shannon, for taking the time to join us here at the Ministry Collaborative. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Ministry Collaborative podcast a project of the Macedonian Ministry Foundation. The Ministry Collaborative nurtures a national network of pastors and congregations committed to faithful, creative, and courageous engagement in their communities. Our producer is Marthane Sanders. To find out more about our work of cultivating leadership that makes a difference in congregations and communities, visit our website at www.ministrycollaborative.org. 